Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Macharco, host of DC Entrepreneur here on WERA 96.7 FM. My guest today is Isaac Oates. Isaac is the founder of JustWorks, which is a New York-based startup that helps businesses take care of their benefits, payroll, compliance, and HR tools in one overall platform. Please tell our listeners what JustWorks is, and then talk to me about how you came up with the idea to create the JustWorks platform. Sure. So JustWorks is uh, an all-in-one platform that uh, helps small businesses with payroll benefits, HR, and compliance. And, you know, basically, I was starting a company about 10 years ago. Uh, it was called Attuitive, and I was one of three founders. And uh, as we were getting the company off the ground, all of the responsibilities around getting getting ourselves paid, uh, not to mention benefits, fell to me. And as I started to, going, to go through the process, of uh, getting our providers set up, I realized that it was just this incredibly uh, difficult and fragmented process. There's a lot of uh, faxing involved and things like that. This is around 2008. And basically at the time, you know, our business was was focused on other things, but I made this note where I was just like, if I ever start a company again, I think it it might be this one uh, because if, you know, if other entrepreneurs are having uh, anything that's like the experience that I'm having, um, they they need some help. And so can you just explain how you came up with the idea for JustWorks? Sure. So, um, you know, my background uh, is in payment processing. Uh, I used to work at Amazon.com on their marketplace business. And then later I worked at Etsy uh, building their checkout platform. And one of the things that's really cool about platforms like that is that they're able to take um, thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of small businesses and basically put them together under a single identifier and you know make it possible for them to accept credit cards and all of those kinds of things that are really low cost. Um, and basically, you know, I worked on those systems and I saw this analog where I thought, you know what, if we could take uh, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of businesses and sort of group them together uh, and use that both to centralize um, tax filings and things like that, and also um, to get, you know, uh, lower cost benefits and that sort of thing, you know, I think that would be uh, really powerful. And, you know, it turns out that this this happens in real life. Uh, there's a business model called Professional Employer Organization or PEO. And uh, JustWorks is a PEO, and we basically are able to take all these different businesses and put them together and give them uh, sort of like the power of being in a large company, even though they're small. Tell me about how you focused on the user experience for JustWorks, because it seems like what you've done here with the company is uh, created a very easy to use platform where you can have all the paperwork in one location. Can you talk to me about what the design process is behind that? Yeah, so... I think, you know, the first thing is when you are building a product, there's a huge advantage if you can put yourself in the shoes of the customer. And so having had the experience of starting a business before, I knew exactly what I would have wanted. And I was able to use that uh, as a prototype to kind of build JustWorks. But basically, you know, taking a page out of uh, the way Amazon builds products, you know, we start with you know, start with the customer and work backwards for everything we're doing. And so we're always thinking about, you know, what is the customer thinking about? Uh, what are they dealing with? How do they feel? 
and what would they want to be able to do right now? And then we've built a user experience that kind of responds to that. And uh, it, it works really well. I mean, the feedback that we get from customers in general is uh, really positive. And they basically tell us that platform just sort of seems to know what they want to do before they even want to do it. And I think it really does come down to studying studying your customer. So uh, now JustWorks has had four funding rounds for a total of $53 million. And then you just raised, what, $33 million after your last Series C, according to Crunchbase. Uh, can you talk to me about what your approach is towards fundraising and how you plan on scaling JustWorks? Yeah, so fundraising is unbelievably challenging. you know. But basically what we've been able to do is find... Uh, investors that have similar values and and kind of similar desires to what I've been looking for. And so, you know, from our very earliest investors, you know, at the seed stage and even our angels, um, you know, we were able to get really great people to back the company. And, you know, I, people talk about the company you keep. I think it really is true. I think, you know, being able to surround ourselves with with high quality investors has done a huge amount for the business. In terms of, you know, growing and scaling, as you mentioned, we have raised $53 million over uh, what now is essentially a five-year period. And, you know, basically we use those funds initially to, to build the product and then later to scale out a sales team and then sort of grow the overall company. You know, I think going forward, uh, you know, I'm very happy to say we have a business that um, you know, makes money with each new customer that we add. And so, you know, we, of course, are trying to get more customers as quickly as we can. But at the same time, we're trying to take a really balanced approach and kind of make sure that, um, you know, we're sort of putting one foot in front of the other uh, and not getting ahead of ourselves in terms of growth. Uh, let's talk about the tech behind JustWorks. Yeah. Can you just talk to me about what the tech is that you're using and how your engineering and product teams have gone about keeping JustWorks running? Sure. So we are built on a Ruby on Rails platform. And basically, you know, I chose the platform because I thought it would make it easier to recruit great engineers and easier to prototype what we needed uh, in the early days. You know, the the cost of development, obviously, um, in, especially in the early days, is driven by uh, the cost of of hiring people. And so, you know, what you really want to do is have tools that are easy for developers and engineers to use um, that actually matters much more than sort of like what the tools are themselves. Uh, in terms of how our platform works, I mean, we're like a pretty typical uh, web, web-based web platform, I think. We um, use Ruby on Rails, as I mentioned. Uh, MySQL is a database. Uh, we're hosted on Amazon Web Services. And that has been uh, really powerful for us because, you know, I think one of the things that's most important for an HR platform is security and the ability to keep our customers' uh, data safe. And Amazon, in particular, uh, offers a phenomenal uh, operating environment that allows us to keep uh, people's information uh, secure. But, you know, at the same time, we have uh, a system that is pretty easy to uh, to work on and that I think the engineers can really enjoy kind of building new features in. Now, what's interesting to me is you have an incredibly varied background, which, of course, you spoke about. You, you founded Adtuitive, which was acquired by Etsy. And then, of course, your experience as a product manager and engineer for Amazon. But then you were also splitting your time working for the U.S. Army Reserve. Can you just talk to me about if there was like one theme linking all these roles together? 
was there something in your background that exposed you to the idea of entrepreneurship early on? Yeah, so I uh, I kind of fell into military service. Uh, I actually enlisted when I was 17 and, you know, pretty much had no idea what I was doing, which I think is a pretty common story for people that go into the military. Um, the thing that the military focuses on and is just incredible at is really around leadership and leadership development. Uh, I had an opportunity to participate in what I think are probably some of the best leadership development programs uh, in the world. And, you know, they have this thing that they say in the army, which is uh, mission first, people always. And I think it sums up pretty well um, a specific style of leadership, which is, you know, focusing relentlessly on, on the thing you're trying to accomplish, but always making sure that you are taking people with you. And I'm not sure that the military exactly led me to a sort of entrepreneurial path. I think I'd always sort of dabbled in projects, uh, even as I was growing up, um, just sort of like on the side. But, you know, I think in particular, as uh, JustWorks has scaled, we have about 300 employees right now. And, you know, many of those employees have joined in the past year or two, uh, you know, learning about uh, a sort of military leadership has been just, it's just been like an incredible framework for, growing the business and, you know, I think keeping the organization uh, happy and healthy. So one of the things that I've noticed in entrepreneurship circles is that there is this reframing of the concept of failure. And it's something that everybody experiences, but it seems that entrepreneurship uh, and entrepreneurs in general tend to have this ability to kind of like redirect their energy towards focusing on whether they failed on something and just pivot and move on. Can you talk to me about an example of how you've learned from failure as an entrepreneur? It's funny. There's a great uh, there's a great article I read. I think it was on Fred Wilson's blog, and it talks about the pivot and the grind. Um, and I would definitely say that JustWorks has been the grind that we you know we started to do the thing that we do today, but the way that we do it is really really different. Um, you know, probably the the biggest failure that we experienced early on is uh, is around go to market and in particular around sales. Uh, I don't have a background in sales. I you know worked at these big consumer facing companies where you know as a product manager customers would just show up, which is pretty amazing, and you really don't know what you have until until you lose it. Um, you know when we started JustWorks, I thought, well, yeah, maybe people just come and sign up. And it just turns out that, you know, the product that we have for most of our customers, you know, requires a sales approach. And so, you know, it's a, I'm saying that, you know, in a sort of short way, but the, you know, the truth is that we were sort of spending our first year trying to figure out how to get people to buy the product. And, you know, at some point I just sort of realized, you know, if we don't, if we don't get a sales function going, um, this business is never going to go anywhere. And it took me so long to figure it out that we almost ran out of money without having really any revenue to show to raise more money. And so, you know, quite literally was, uh, was an existential moment for the company. So, you know, I think, um, you know, something I've certainly taken away is that, you know, the business case for what you're doing is critically important. Obviously you need a great product, you need product market fit, um, and all of that stuff. But, you know, the flip side is if you don't have economics that work, you don't have a business. And, you know, I read somewhere recently that the number one rule of entrepreneurship is to stay in business. And I couldn't agree more. You've now been the founder of two different startups, Adtuitive and JustWorks. What do you think, like, made you decide to innovate in these areas? Why, why did you think that you had a, a creative solution towards what was already out there that was existing? Sure. 
So the first company that I started, which was uh, Attuitive, I was one of I was one of three uh, founders of that business, and you know the truth is that uh, the Jason, my friend Jason, who was the uh, CEO and sort of quote unquote first founder, and he really was the first founder. Uh, was the person who saw an opportunity. Uh, it was, you know, and the, the company was an ad tech and he'd sort of been doing a bunch of PhD research and uh, saw a market opportunity um, out there. So, you know, really, to be honest, by the time I showed up, we sort of saw the opportunity together, but I certainly wasn't the one that was coming up with it. And, you know, a big part of it was that I, uh, I wanted to join Jason and work with him because I was afraid that if I started a company by myself, I wouldn't know how to raise money or how to sell a product. And um, I really wanted to work with somebody that knew how to do that stuff. Uh, with JustWorks, it was frankly a lot more obvious. Uh, you know, My experience during the first startup of trying to get um, the payroll and everything going had shown me that there was really like an obvious uh, market gap. And then, you know, a couple of years went by and as I was really making sort of a final decision to go ahead and leave my job and start uh, JustWorks, I, you know, I did a bunch of market research to kind of understand what was in the market, what were the products that were out there and were they meeting the needs of customers? And the answer was definitively no, because everybody uh, was really frustrated. And so, you know, I've always kind of believed that finding an underserved market is really like the way to go with these things. And uh, the market that JustWorks is in is is absolutely underserved. Yeah, I, I think I've heard that from a lot of entrepreneurs that I've spoken with is that you have to find an underserved market and then find a way of doing something that's either better or more efficient or in general, uh, a better product behind what already exists out there. So it's, it's, it's timing that market opportunity so that it, it really is, is finding the, the right idea at the right time. Yeah, I think timing is huge. Uh, you know, I think most uh, really good investor decks have a slide that says, uh, why now? You know, it doesn't necessarily say why now, but it's something along those lines. And, um, you know, I think you can think of so many uh, great products that were, you know, before their time or after their time. And I think, you know, with JustWorks, uh, you know, timing has had a huge impact on our success. I think we started at exactly the right time, but, you know, that mostly is luck. So, you know, it seemed like the right time at the time, but then it's sort of like events have sort of unfolded. Uh, you know, around the Affordable Care Act and other things like that, that kind of made JustWorks a really timely product um, and a timely company. So I do, I do think timing has a huge impact. So let's talk about Just Women. You just had a recent event here in the DC area in October. Talk to me about how JustWorks is helping women entrepreneurs and investors and bring them to the table. Sure. So uh, one of our sales reps a couple of years ago, her name is Valerie Avila. Uh, had the idea to start Just Women um, based on some other events that she'd seen. And basically, you know, looking up in, or looking around in the startup ecosystem, it just seemed like there wasn't really a place for uh, women entrepreneurs to come and tell their story and, you know, kind of network with other uh, women entrepreneurs. And so we started Just Women uh, here in New York. We did it a couple of times and uh, before we, before we brought it to DC. And I, it's an incredible event. I think, you know, the energy uh, when you go to an event like that is just is just off the charts. And, you know, I think for me, you know, the ability to find, you know, yet another way to level the playing field for different kinds of entrepreneurs is uh, something that has really been resonant 
so it's certainly a program that I am really proud of and something that I think, you know, has really become part of JustWorks identity. Excellent. Now, one of the things we usually talk about here on DC Entrepreneur is uh, how the DC tech scene is different or unique from some of the other places in the country. Now, your company's in Manhattan. Uh, can you talk to me about how the New York tech ecosystem functions and how you think it's unique compared to other tech hubs in the U.S.? Yeah, so one of the things that has been really fun about scaling uh, this company is learning about different markets in the United States. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it's like bringing back, uh, you know, my geography lessons from from seventh and eighth grades, uh, but, you know, actually using them. Uh, you know, and every city is different. I think what is phenomenal about uh, New York City in particular is that it has uh, a diversity that I think you can sort of track, um, you can track back hundreds of years. And so, you know, there's this sort of like energy in the city and it's not just tech. And I think people in tech actually really appreciate that there are lots of things in New York that are not tech. Um, it also means, of course, that you have a workforce to recruit from that, uh, you know, sort of hopes to make it big and kind of comes to New York uh, with with kind of big dreams. And of course, they make uh, fantastic employees and our team, you know, is made up of all of these people. Uh, but I would say that the diversity is absolutely the thing that sets um, sets New York apart. Just as a reminder, um, in conversation with Isaac Oates of JustWorks, and we're joining him uh, remote from uh, New York City here on the DC Entrepreneur Show. My next question here is, let's put on your futurist hat. Uh, what trends do you think you're going to see in HR and uh, kind of the paperwork side of the business that are going to be a change in the next five to 10 years? Sure. So, I mean, hands down, I think the biggest change that you're seeing is an increase in the number of uh, distributed teams and remote workers in uh, in business. So, you know, I think the, you know, the rise of, uh, the rise of really actually commonplace communications technologies at this point. So not just, you know, the mobile phone, but also uh, Skype and Google Hangouts and Google Docs and, you know, whole world of collaboration tools has made it much more possible to work remotely, just like we're having this conversation and we're not in the same studio. Uh, you know, I think that it's a double-edged sword. I think, um, you know, there's something special when people are able to work together in the same place. And, you know, for our business in particular, we've actually made a conscious decision to scale it in New York, uh, largely so that we can have our workforce in one place. Um, and so, you know, I think that there is a trend towards um, towards sort of distributed workforces. And I think the challenge that uh, entrepreneurs will face is how to make sure that their team is as or more effective than uh, than a team that is located together, because they certainly will have more opportunities to recruit different uh, different kinds of talent from you know from different areas of the world, which is which is really cool. Excellent. I, I, we have a visitor in the studio right now. My dog Charlotte <laughs> has actually just popped in. <laughs> Charlotte, say hello, Charlotte. Say hello. Say hello to Isaac. Oh, she's a. Uh... She's getting ready to bark. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> wow. Um, it's funny. <laughs> hey. Sh 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 um, so, uh, Isaac, talk to me about how you've changed your career path from working as an engineer and product manager towards being focused on something like HR and the uh, administrative function and operations side of businesses. 
Yeah, so I would say I've really had uh, three kind of chapters of my um, career. So, you know, the first is as as an engineer. I was, you know, as a software developer at Amazon and, you know, I worked on all these backend systems and I, I loved it. You know, I got to work, we processed a huge amount of data and it was like even making a tiny change could just have this massive impact. And it was really, really fun to work on. Um, I ultimately decided to go to business school and then become a product manager because I realized that all of these product folks that I was working with were the ones that were sort of deciding, um, you know, what I was building. And I was like, you know what, like, I would like to decide what I'm building too. And so I became a product manager and uh, I was frankly a little less glamorous than I, I thought it might be. But, you know, it was really cool to think about what does the customer want and, uh, you know, and how am I going to be able to build it? And, you know, what's cool about being a PM is that you work with basically every stakeholder in a business to make the thing that you're doing uh, happen. And so, you know, you become familiar, not just with engineering, of course, but also uh, with legal and finance and, you know, like your general sort of, you know, business functions. And I, I really like that. Uh, when I became an entrepreneur, you know, obviously uh, product and engineering have played really large roles. I actually built the very first version of our product uh, here at JustWorks, um, although I'm happy to say that it's been rebuilt since then. You know, I think what is really great about building a business is that you get to work across every single function and you get to understand how the entire thing comes together. And, you know, every day I talk to, you know, to people at JustWorks that work in different parts of the company and they work on sales or they work on account management and um, they, uh, you know, they sort of, they kind of know how the whole thing works, but mostly they, uh, they know how they're kind of their kind of thing works. And so I think what I've loved about entrepreneurship is just being able to kind of see, you know, the entire picture. And it's really fun. Let's talk about kind of the regulatory side of things. Are there any specific challenges that you have whenever you, it comes to focusing your business on kind of the administrative or HR function that makes it more challenging to, uh, to scale or even operate your business? Um, yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, our business model is a professional employer organization. And uh, it is, in fact, a regulated business. Uh, the government in particular wants to make sure that PEOs are careful stewards of tax money because we process uh, billions of dollars worth of, of payroll. And, um, you know, it would be, be easy enough, I suppose, to sort of abscond with it. And so, you know, we're regulated um, by most states that we operate in, as well as the federal government. And I have to say that I think it actually has been um, really beneficial for us. You know, it means that we, for example, had audited financials uh, essentially from the very beginning. And uh, I think it's made us a stronger business. And so, you know, I know a lot of startups sort of struggle with, with regulation. And I've definitely discovered that, you know, regulators are people too, and you can have really positive relationships with them. You can have really difficult relationships with them. But I think for JustWorks, uh, it's been really beneficial. And then it has the added benefit of uh, making sure that our entire ecosystem is, uh, is sort of clean, right? And filled with, with good players. So I think it's good for everybody, um, but it's definitely been an interesting experience. One that was new for me. Now, I, I read something that you had written, I saw it on LinkedIn, it was about how you prepare for your board meetings. Um, can you just uh, tell our listeners out there how you prepare for your board meetings? 
Yeah, so um, we we take about four four weeks to prepare for a board meeting, and we have about four board meetings a year, so they're on a quarterly basis. Um, but you know, one of the things that I have discovered that's been sort of a phenomenal hack, uh, I think particularly as a CEO, is that you know we started using Google Slides for most of the presentations that we build, and you know, Google Slides does not produce the most beautiful presentation, but it's an incredible collaboration tool. And so, you know, what I like to do is basically about a month before a board meeting, uh, you know, sit down with the leadership team, figure out what we uh, want to accomplish with the board meeting, what kind of feedback we're trying to get, what message we're trying to send, any other objectives. Um, and then I'll build, you know, I'll build an outline of the board deck and, you know, I put like little purple squares on each slide that say, you know, Mike or John or whoever is supposed to be working on it. Um, and then I'll share it out. And then we basically spend about a week kind of in production with everybody building their section. And it's really nice because I can see what people are building as they're doing it. And it's like very iterative and very quick. Um, and then we have, and I think this is the most valuable part, we have an offsite about two weeks before the meeting where we, we go offsite for at least half a day, sometimes a full day, and we go through the entire deck slide by slide and we talk through it and we make sure that uh, we are on the same page about uh, what, what we are saying. Because I think the thing that um, is so hard, particularly for executives when they're building a deck like this is, you really want to speak with one voice and you don't want to speak from the perspective of sales you want to or you know or product you want to speak from the perspective of the company which has sales and has product so uh we spend half a day going through that uh there are usually some really important discussions right there where we kind of find out that we weren't on the same page about about this or that and then you know the last thing is i really like to send out the board deck no later than the thursday night before the week of the board meeting. And that way, you know, everybody on the board has at least a weekend plus probably a couple of days uh, to read through the materials and kind of understand exactly uh, what is in there and kind of formulate their questions ahead of time. And I think it, it allows us to have, you know, a way more productive discussion when we're actually in the room. So we've, we've been doing that for uh, probably about two years on that schedule and it's worked really well for us. And that's great actionable information that our listeners can take with them for their own careers. Um, I'll also share the link for that in the show notes. Is there any advice you would leave our entrepreneurial listeners or advice that we'd give to yourself maybe going back five, ten years? Something that you would have needed to know back then that you didn't know at the time when you started up? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, it's there's a lot of really specific stuff that I think uh, – I have learned over uh, the past couple of years building this particular business. Um, but I think, you know, the single thing that I have gotten a lot of value out of is an incredible base of mentors. And some of those mentors are investors. Some are just people that uh, have, have been willing to spend time with me. But, you know, having being able to see uh, those people on a regular basis and being able to be really candid with them about what's going right and what's going wrong in the business, I think has really helped me kind of miss a whole bunch of, of potholes that I would have otherwise kind of got stuck in. And I've definitely had my share of potholes that I've hit, but I think it would be a lot more without those people. So, I mean, if I could tell somebody who's starting a company one thing, it would be to track down everybody that you have ever worked with and respected and just, you know, start spending time with them and uh, really make sure that you have uh, people that can hold a mirror up to you. Because, you know, when you're running a company, you, you need all of that that you can get. 
Is there anything that you would like to leave us with as far as last thoughts? Yeah, George, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I mean, you know, I think starting a company is just, uh, you know, it's an incredible opportunity to kind of, you know, test yourself and challenge yourself and really uh, see what you're made of. And so I think, you know, anyone who is uh, is up for the challenge and willing to take a chance should should absolutely uh, give it a shot. Uh, once you're doing that and uh, you want HR benefits and payroll for your new company, you should visit us at www.justworks.com. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thanks, George. We'll catch you next time here on DC Entrepreneur. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode. And thanks for listening.